0: Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and supporting Midgard Musings and random heathen ramblings here on the podcast and all the ways that you do. I did just want to call to your attention, in case you didn't know, that one of the many ways that you can support this podcast is by purchasing merchandise. And you can do that by going to MidgardMusingsStore.com. Okay, all the purchases that are made go to directly support the podcast. Um, and any of the other social media platforms that I distribute content on, which mainly include YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, so you guys and gals out there, please be sure to check out MidgardMusingsStore.com. You can get t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, and all other kinds of things in variety of sizes and colors. The styles uh, can cater to all types of folks, men, women, children, even infants. We've got some really cute uh, baby onesies that uh, you know vary in all different kinds of sizes. So make sure to head over to MidgardMusingStore.com, check out what you got over there to get for yourself, your kids, your wife, your girlfriend, your husband, your boyfriend, your loved ones, your grandma, your grandpa, anybody in your life that you think would love to rock some awesome Midgard Musing's merchandise. Check it out and get you something today. well all right hail hello welcome everyone every person everything everybody to another random heathen ramblings podcast here on the random heathen ramblings podcast uh presented by midgard musings myself uh my name is jesse thank you so much for listening tuning in today um appreciate all of your support hope you've had a great week you know, hope you've had a great, uh, solid week since we've talked last. Um, you know, we're in the middle stages of the month of September. And I've uh, got a nice, really awesome guest. I say a nice and awesome guest uh, for us here on the podcast today. You guys may have heard of him. You may even be following him on his various uh, social medias. I'm not sure to what um, extent he uh, he dabbles in the social media platforms aside from Facebook and um, a blog, uh, blog site, um, which is a, I want to say it's a WordPress site, but anywho, We are going to be getting into um, today's guest here in just a moment. But before we get into that, before we welcome our guest today, let me just get some of the house cleaning, housekeeping um, stuff taken care of. So if you're not yet following the podcast, if if you just stumbled across this podcast because of a recommendation of a friend, Um, Thank you so much for listening. But this is the Midgard Musings uh, podcast. This is the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast, I should say, presented by Midgard Musings. So if you're listening on a podcast, you know, streaming platform, Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, um, Breaker, uh, I don't know, whatever the podcast uh, preference of choice, uh, consider, please, uh, doing a couple things. First of all, favorite the podcast, upvote it, whatever your podcast streaming platform allows you to do, uh, consider doing that because it helps um, distribute these podcasts out to relevant audiences. And if you are so fortunate as to be part of the YouTube premiere um, for uh, the public, uh, congratulations, hail and welcome. Um, and if you want to uh, see these video versions of the podcasts, um later on after the premieres, then consider becoming a YouTube channel member because every Thursday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, I think that's 6 a.m. Pacific, basically the start of your Thursday mornings, you know, Um, you can uh, tune in and watch the premieres on YouTube. And then after that, you need to become a channel member. So check the show notes down in the description, um, all of that kind of fun stuff. That's your ticket to um, be a part of these podcast um, excursions, adventures, as it were. If you ever want to voice your thoughts or share your thoughts and talk about things on this podcast or any other uh, podcast episodes, you know, this episode or any others, uh, you can always call into the Midgard Musings hotline, and that number is 615 is a Google voice number. Right. So standard rates apply, I guess, for the Google Voice thing. But um, yeah, let's go ahead and break through um, into today's episode. We've got a special guest coming up. I will cordially introduce you to him here in just a moment. So here we go on the Ram- <laughs> Heathen Ramblings Podcast. Booyah! yes oh yes oh yes so um here we are today um it is uh at the time of this recording it is a uh, a monday night but you guys listening and watching looking at my calendar uh mid-september big time mid-september so um you know we're gonna welcome in our guest today here shortly um, like I said, you may know him from uh, his social media presence on the al Sidu Saxon heathenry Facebook group. You may also recognize him from Germanic heathenry on Facebook. Um, and I want to say that there is a Germanic heathenry blog posts yeah dot com we're gonna be talking with uh Robert Sass today um from that uh platform so I want you all to uh give a big warm welcome Big, huge applause. Uh, drop your comments down in the live chat or if you're listening, you know, outside of the uh, YouTube platform, uh, give a huge hail and welcome to Robert Sass of uh, the Altidue Saxon heathenry. So that's an interesting thing that we're going to be talking about today, guys, is, um, you know, we're, we're going to be leaning heavily on the historical side of heathenry. Um specifically Saxon heathenry. And uh one of the things that uh we're gonna be talking about today is a recent post about uh sat- satir. I'm gonna I'm probably miss miss uh, pronouncing, but once we get Robert on here to to help me with the you know pronunciations of it, satyr, loki and misinformation about Saxon heathenry. So let's uh welcome in Robert Sass and talk about it. Here we go. And all right, everybody. Like I mentioned in the intro, we are joined today on the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast with my special guest. This is uh, Robert Sass. Am I saying the, the the surname correctly? Am I pronouncing it correctly?
1: Well, you know, if you're from uh, Chicago or Kansas, it certainly is Sass. But if you're from Germany, it would be Herr Sass. So, uh okay but but you know uh like as a musician i go by bob sass but as a heathen and a, a corporate accountant i go by robert Sass. so okay you know.
0: <laughs> the surname thing is a funny thing uh uh can i call you bob is that for the sake of yeah, just... sure all right so bob the, the 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 surname thing is always funny to me because i have an interesting surname um and and you do and i and i and, and, and in the uh, interest of just Poking a little bit of fun here just for the sake of fun like sass right you got some sass a little sassy little you know a little bit of attitude and i'm still I'm, I'm still wagging and it's like a wagon sitting still do you ever get do you ever get that with your surname do you ever get that kind of you like, know
1: i've gotten it since probably preschool bob's ass sassafras sasshole oh man my ass.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've had it man i've had it so many different ways you know the, the still wagon you know the wagon sitting still still dragging. Uh, 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 wagon steel just like just you know and it's Dutch I think in, in its origins um, we you know my my, the Germanic side of my family that that immigrated uh, over here it was it's been you know it actually was at one point spelled exactly the way you would uh, look at it like a wagon sitting still and every time I talk to people I'm like hey, what's your last name I always tell them it's still wagon you can spell it however you want it's like a wagon sitting still you know (laughs) but um
1: well you said still dragon and i and i get it but i wasn't sure if you meant like dragon with fire and wings or dragon like you're dragging something along you know both road both yeah
0: both (laughs) you know just like like you're like you're dragging you know like it's you know like a like a a, what do you call it Uh, like a trolling motor you know like you just slowly just Dragon ass, you know, kind of thing, or a dragon like a, a fire breathing beast of myth. Um, I, I, I've heard it all. I've, I've heard it all, and I'm sure you've heard all kinds of variations as well, like you just said. But um, welcome to the podcast, first of all, sir, and thank and you. thank you for being here. Yeah. So for everybody that that may not know who uh you know uh Bob Sass, Robert Sass is, you know, um, I mentioned earlier in the intro. Um, you've got some social media presence i i follow you um in your work on the uh, germanic heathenry facebook page as well as in the um Altidu saxon heathenry facebook group which is a very focused and very um specific approach on heathenry right so for for my, for my listeners and for the viewers that are, are maybe like oh well heathenry is just heathenry like they think germanic heathenry is like an umbrella term And I've even mentioned in some of my videos or some of my podcasts where like, you know, my content is focused on where I'll say it's, you know, Norse paganism, Germanic heathenry, and what is often um, kind of like lumped into in modern times as also true. Now, I want to give you the opportunity here, um, you know, since it's focused on Saxon heathenry, like when we talk about Saxon heathenry, like what are we specifically talking about? What's the focus?
1: Well, I do want to say first, it's kind of like maybe I'm giving a disclaimer. We do welcome all Germanic heathens in the Alsedu group, um, and that's one of the reasons why the page um, is called Germanic Heathenry with the Alsedu logo. But that's the page. Um, but really, you know, the narrow focus for us Saxon heathens is, you know, some of my mom's family still live in Germany, mm. and when it's not pandemic, I go visit them all of my dad's family, um, but my dad, my brother, myself, and then our children, the rest of them live in Germany uh, because only my grandpa came here. Um, So, you know, I've always had roots there. Um, And I'm not saying I'm not proud to be American. I I love being where I'm at and I'm proud of being where I'm at. But because I've had uh, an international family, so to speak, um, you know, I've always felt that I had a link over there. Um, But I was born and raised here. I don't have a German accent. I speak German okay. I read far better. Once I make a mistake with my family, they revert to English pretty quickly. Because, you know, (laughs) over here, we don't study foreign language until high school. And my grandparents spoke it in the home. But um, once they passed away, I stopped using it. So I can still read fluently because it comes back. But speaking, unless you use it often, you can really lose it. So yeah you know but the focus of the page is for those you know there some saxons did go to england but saxony is actually in northern germany and yeah you know so and the, the people in northern germany still call themselves sasson which is the old saxon word that means saxons and and they did for a long time um so you know, a lot of people don't know that because the English Saxons get a lot of good press. And and honestly, yeah. you know, one of the negative things about, you know, like when I go to Germany and visit family, there are some Third Reich, I call it anti-memorials. It reminds them of a negative past. And because sadly that, you know, Nazis taking heathen stuff shouldn't ruin heathenry, but you know, it's not good press. So Yeah, in Germany is very well aware of that, and Germans are aware of that history, and a lot of them are very, like the 2,000 year anniversary in 2009 of Arminius. You know, the barbarians on Netflix. You know, Mm -hmm, Arminius mm -hmm. defeated. Yes, the Germans kept that really quiet. They didn't want to appear that they still were militaristic, so they really played it down in Germany, which is kind of sad. Um, because Hitler and Arminius are two different people. Arminius actually never tried to expand German territory. He just tried to keep the Romans out. And after the Battle of the Teutoburg Forest, um, he didn't attack Rome. He he stayed. Um, so you know him and wasn't and
0: Hitler... wasn't wasn't Arminius a uh, uh, of German descent? And didn't he get adopted into the the Roman um, lifestyle? Or am I? Misunderstanding no, you're there.
1: absolutely right. So the history is, is, you know, the Roman way was they would take children of the nobles,
0: mm-hmm. and then they
1: would raise those children. So he was taken as a kid. And when he was brought back, he said, I love my people. You know, a, a lot of scholars say he was torn between two sides, but that's BS, because if you decide to kill 22,000 Roman troops, you're on one side, <laughs> you know,
0: I mean, that's unarguable, right? Like, <laughs> There's no fence to sit on there, like you you pretty much made your stand,
1: yeah, so, and the Cherusker were one of the tribes, you know the Saxons didn't just appear out of nowhere, you know, a lot of people think that they they started as a small sliver on the Jutland and they conquered all of northern Germany, and they conquered all of England um You know, I wish I could say my ancestors had the military prowess of Rome, but reality is those tribes, you know, Arminius was poisoned by his own people for trying to be a Kaiser, Mm -hmm. trying to be a Caesar. Um, Those tribes who became the Saxons in northern Germany, they didn't have Kaisers or kings. You know, the word kuni is a a family leader. It comes from the word kun or kin, which Mm -hmm. means family and um it became you know like in christianity a king is a dictator appointed by god you know of divine right so to speak and uh
0: yeah there was there was uh the royalty uh the, the nobility was had a, had a direct correlation to um the sacred the gods as it were
1: exactly but it was
0: family based and the the, the leaders of the families
1: were equals you know, and, and that is shown well in the Netflix series, actually, you know, that's one of the more accurate shows on television. So. I
0: loved, I love Barbarians. I would, I would actually encourage anybody that has Netflix, hopefully it's still out there, but Barbarians, um, I, I was thoroughly impressed with so much of the, the pop culture, the, the, the media influence that um, uh, Norse and, and so, I mean, we may get into this here in just a little bit, but like Norse and Germanic, we're we're talking differently from like mainland Germania versus the the Scandinavian countries. But as far as like the lost king or the last kingdom and Vikings and stuff like the 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 Netflix series Barbarians, to me, was like such a uh, refreshing approach to historically accurate representations without bleeding, like without like sacrificing too much while still being entertaining. Would you agree? Yeah,
1: I really do. I mean, there are, if you want a documentary, there is a really good documentary out there. Um, But, you know, for a a drama show, that's about as good as you can get. Mm
0: -hmm. So let's talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about, because like I said before, like when I talk about some of the content on my platforms, you know, Norse, paganism, Germanic heathenry, would you say that there's a difference between the two culturally? Because I think that there are like the, the, the names and some of the, the, like there, there's similarities, but we're not, we're, we're talking about almost like the same things, but in a different way, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense, but like the Scandinavian countries like, you know, Iceland and non-mainland uh, Germanic countries, um, it, so it's like when we're talking about like Saxon heathenry, Saxony, the mainland Germanic areas, um, there's like there's there's bleed over. Would, is, is that an accurate?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there there's two things. You have to talk uh, land and time. So mm-hmm. the Saxons, they were attacked first by the Franks. They were neighbors to the Danes who were also heathen. So the Danes wanted the Saxons to win because it's better to have a heathen buffer between you and a militant army trying to forcefully convert other countries. You know, first they converted the Frisians by force and the Danes are very content with the Saxons being in between them and the Christian Franks. Um, and they started building the the Danverka, the Danish wall during the time of the Saxon Wars. So to answer your question, the Saxons and the Danes were allies. Even the most famous heathen Saxon leader married into the Danish king's family. So he would have been actually related through marriage to the historical Ragnar, um, if we do believe the sources, which, you know, are the sources a little legend or are they literal history? There is some yeah. debate there. But if a, lot we of, take... a lot of debate. Yeah, I mean, so the Saxons and Danes, since they were neighbors, they did share the same culture. But let's talk about this to make it simple. To answer your question, the Germanic, the Scandinavians are also Germanic people. Sure. So, Manuther for the word moon versus Manuth for the word moon in Old Saxon, there's not that much of a difference. Um, But the Danes and the Swedes, they're geographically closer to each other, right? And they mm. have nine-year sacrifices and cult centers. You know, there's a cult center in Uppsala, Sweden. There's a cult center in Lera, in Tisu, Denmark. Mm. Um, but yet the Norwegians and the Icelanders, they do more private family bloats. So there are some regional differences for sure. But for the most part, they're all celebrating the same holy days and the same moons at the same time. Celebrating, for the most part, the same deities. Whether you call them Donner or Donar or Thunar oh. or Thor. Yeah. You know. Um, Linguistically
0: is- speaking, it's, it's, it's just the linguistic differences of the region speaking towards the same uh, sacred being that they, they, they all kind of collectively, at, at least overall, had a, had a veneration observance uh, towards, right?
1: Yeah, and how different is, you know, there's the Thor's Oak of the Chatty, the tribe just south of Saxony.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: there's the Ermansul and Hohen uh Thor as well. Um, and Ermansul and, y- and yggdrasil are probably the same. It's just, you know, um, slight language variants. So, you know, sacred trees, putting the blood on the trees is common to all the Germanic Scandinavians.
0: But you actually, I think, did a, a recent uh, blog on com. which for anybody listening, watching, like, you know, com is, is a, it's, it's your blog post site, right? So we're going to link that in the show notes and in the description for anybody that's, you know, questioning, about, oh, what are you talking about? Right. Well, do your due diligence and uh, check it all out um, because it's there. Um, but yeah, you recently, I think, did a, did something on the Yerman Soul um, which again I, I follow you on, on the Facebook platform because that's where I see most of your posts come out. And yeah, the similarities between that and Yggdrasil, which has always been an interesting thing to me. Um, this this world tree and and the the uh, linguistic connotations between, you know, um the dead and uh being hanged and and the, the connotations between Odin or Wotan or Woden, depending, like I said, on the, the linguistic um observances or or, or understandings of the the word of the deity like there's some of that there's there's correlation between this, this 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 sacred uh cosmic center um that the germanic people of various regions understood or at least viewed the world as in their perception of things right
1: yeah i mean they lived i mean well, the barbarian shows very well in a documentary, the difference between the Romans and the Germani or the barbarians is that they lived in forests and bogs and swamps. I mean, the trees, um, they were used to, uh, you know, that type of overgrowth. Whereas the Romans, the, there weren't many trees left in Italy. The Romans cut them mainly down. Sure, they used mm-hmm. a lot of stone, but they also used a lot of wood, Um You know, there was a difference between Roman Gaul or modern France, which was civilized, you know, the Celts had roads and, you know, it it was a different type of society, not super different, but it was still different from Germanic society and, you know, the Romans understood Celtic society and they weren't afraid of it. Um, But, you know, a Roman army, that's one of the reasons why Arminius won, you know. The Romans were invincible on an open plain, but you yeah. get that army in a forest. Every advantage that the Roman army has is gone.
0: Yeah, it's like fighting um, so on your trees, home turf.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the trees, they do give us life. I don't think our ancestors understood oxygen like we do with modern science, but, you know, the the trees do support the world um, by emitting oxygen. And, you know, the trees are you know it, it is it was the center of their world and if you see the northern lights they can look like tree branches up in the sky so you know a lot so of people will say that's science just debunking our myths but you know um that's how they saw their universe that was their I, world view
0: it's a very interesting thing to think about the, the the science and the world view and how it how like we like because because of the advances of modern science and how we can understand and perceive things nowadays breaking it down in in, in simplistic forms um that are perhaps our ancient ancestors view things like you look at things like uh mushrooms and um the fungi you know uh these are are living things that connect like i've i've heard i've heard tale of 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 stories of how mushrooms that that connect to trees that neighboring trees or neighboring living um Uh, flora and fauna that are suffering through the the fungal system will um, sort of transfer life and and transfer energy and transfer um, healing and, and things to the to the to the other living beings within their proximity to like, oh, I'm doing good over here. Let me help this neighboring thing over there through that interconnected root system. And it's like, When you when you look at how like I think in in some uh, and and this may be going into the weeds a little bit, but when you like you look at like the berserkers or or some of these um, uh, like figures of sagas that 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 used um, psychedelics and things like that to to achieve a heightened state of awareness, it's like those were certain things that they use. We know of things like henbane. And, and other certain natural resources that they were able to like tap into this like primal rage or primal reactionary uh, behavior and it's like there's there's some perhaps right uh, something to, to 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 consider with how the the, the nature of things uses those uh, resources to nurture and expand. Uh, for for each other and and how these Germanic tribes use them to achieve certain heightened states of awareness and, and, and heightened states of accomplishments. I don't know what you think about that, but it's a it's 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 a reach perhaps, but it's it's perhaps. There. Well, not
1: really. I mean, I'm going back to World War II history a lot, which is way past heathen history, but. Why did the German soldiers, when they conquered France in two weeks, they they didn't sleep for three days because they were using methamphetamines. Um mm. and the 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 French were not they they were expecting the attack by the Maginot Line and they had no idea what Blitzkrieg really was.
0: Mm. So
1: the Germanic peoples from way back, um, you know, the Berserkers is a is a good example. You know, a lot of people say it means bare skin. And other people say it comes from a bear i I lean towards that view but um you know because it's kind of stupid to run in battle without armor like in the TV show Vikings I mean they can they have helmets off for the TV shows so that you can know who's who probably yeah, yeah. But, you know in reality you'd be a moron to go in the battle without a shield and especially armor. the
0: way battle was was conducted back then I mean it was it was all hand to hand with the exception of maybe you know artillery through archery and and things like that but i mean why wouldn't you protect your most vital areas like your head and your, and your torso right <laughs>
1: absolutely to answer your question though yeah i think i mean that'd... i might be
0: the craziest idiot out there to, to want to fight somebody but also uh, i i would hope to have at least a, a a bear the bare necessities right baloo the jungle book the law of the jungle right? Like the bare necessities right i want to protect the most violent like if i lose my head i'm done that's it like
1: <laughs> yeah and you know i've seen documentaries um where they have put together some warriors like um they can tell from a warrior grave if someone got hit with an axe in the face but yet survived and then were killed in a later battle i mean They had some pretty horrific scarring in that world. Um, Yeah. You know, um, but I do believe, to get back to your original question, I I mean, I don't think that every Germanic soldier was on some form of substance, um, but there were certainly, uh, at least we have attestations of it. And, you know, I guess um, since... Since we're bringing this up, I will say, you know, one of the myths, so to speak, of Vikings is that they were looking for war. But really, if you're sacking a monastery, it's hit and run. Your goal is to get out of the ship, to get the gold and the silver out of the monastery and get back on the boat before the army comes because the warning bells are going off. There's no time to rape nuns. And I'm not saying that Vikings never raped nuns, for example, but, you know, the... Christian testimony makes them seem like that they were bloodthirsty. But reality is is that the Christians had sacked a lot of heathen holy sites like the Donar Oak that Saint Boniface on mm-hmm. um, the Ermansol. The Franks boasted that they stole gold and silver from the heathen Saxons at the holy site. I think the Danish neighbors saw what the Christian army was doing. Um, and they copied it. I, I really believe that, and there are scholars that believe that, too. A lot of people told me that I'm crazy, but seriously, you have in 783, the Danes are sending emissaries to Charlemagne, and they're asking what the heck he's doing. Well, because they've wreaked havoc and taken all this Saxon heathen gold. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean... I
0: mean, from a militaristic standpoint, right, aside from our beliefs and everything, you look at Charlemagne, and Right. Like, I mean, <laughs> military genius. Yes. And or... no, He lost
1: some battles. He wasn't invincible like an Alexander the Great who won almost every single battle.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean, ruthless, just completely ruthless.
0: I mean, I did a podcast a week ago talking about, and I, and I, and I don't have the source uh, readily available, but I, I did a podcast a week or two ago about, um, I think it was Harold the Ruthless and there was there was a saga talking about how this, this this guy decided like oh I need to I need to conquer uh it was a city I think it was maybe Sicily or, or something like that but he like he lit birds on fire because of the patterns that the avian like there the, the, the avian patterns of, of flying from forest to city forest to city he like studied him he's like I'm gonna light these suckers on fire and then when they fly into the city they're gonna literally just Raise this city to the ground because they're all going to be on fire because that's their natural pattern on things. So you talk about Harold the Ruthless, I think was his name, and at least in the saga, it's like, hey, when you talk about war and we talk about conquering, it's like all bets are off. It's the gloves are off, and you're just you're trying to conquer. That's that's literally what this is about. It's it's conquering lands, and so some of these stories and some of these sagas that we have uh, from a historical standpoint. You know, paints a picture of heathens as being these just like ruthless savages and, and these ruthless like just you know, uh, just you know, like you said you know, killing, raping, or whatever. But like tactically speaking, like when you, when you invade, you're not a you're not really positioned to think about the pleasure of it. It's like there's there's a tactical approach to it. Like I need to get something and and get out before the army comes to. Yeah, Yeah. there's
1: a difference between a raid, because the great heathen army was something that wasn't really seen before. And I'm not saying that the Vikings never, you know, when I say Vikings, maybe that's not the best term to use, but, you know, I'm not saying Norsemen didn't attack Norsemen, but when they went to England with a great heathen army, they were there to settle. Whereas when they're sacking Aachen, which was sacked more than Paris, because that was actually Charlemagne's capital. Paris gets impressed mm-hmm. today because that's the modern capital. Mm-hmm. And Ragnar Lothbrok, if you call him that. Um, Ragnaris is what the sources call him. Um, you know, he, he actually spent more time sacking Aachen. But, uh, you know, they were really, for the most part, trying to get treasure and that's why later they were paid off often and that mm-hmm. didn't discourage it it had the opposite effect <laughs> um yeah you know if we raid you're gonna pay us off and we we besiege you and you're gonna pay us to go away this is a great idea
0: yeah um, but for the it was most all part, politics at the time for a lot of it was
1: yeah and it, i do think there was a, a fear though of the danes that's why they built that dane verka you know and Charlemagne had the best cavalry the world had ever seen, and and heathen shield walls would not stand up to a cavalry charge. To be really blunt, but the the Franks they did not have much of a navy. The, they were always outclassed at sea, and I think the Danes realized that early that they had the advantage in ship. And their land battles, they you know how it's shown even in the Last Kingdom in particular, which you know some things are inaccurate, but that's right. They're going to attack on land when they feel they have the advantage. They're not going to attack otherwise. You know, invading with a huge army was not, until the great heathen army, was not something that they were really known for.
0: Yeah. A lot of conquests. A lot of, uh, you know, and that's, you know, I think that's one of the biggest, like, problems. The Christians were the conquests for the
1: most part, though. People forget that. You know, Frisia and Saxony and the Chad I, they were the Chaddy, they you know, all these Germanic tribes are getting conquered. You know, and if Charlemagne could have gone north and just attacked the Danes, he would have. I really believe mm-hmm. that. You know, he's an empire whore, is what I call him. Guys like Alexander the Great. Mm -hmm. I mean, Hitler—if he could conquer England, don't you think he would have eventually attacked the United States? I mean, certain people in history, their ambition is so big that that they just keep going until they can't go anymore. And that was Charlemagne.
0: Well, well, I think you know uh, when when it comes to like warfare and conquest, like two. uh, This is a this is a two part thing. I think a lot of so so what I was going to originally say was like a lot of. Um, people coming into heathenry they they look at um this whole religious view or the spirituality the religious view of it I'll, I'll i'll just use that term for right now as this like you know super masculine hyper masculine as it were um approach to things and it's like okay there was a lot of that going on at the time but this is not the this is not the this is like a, a very specific um uh, view or the, not even a view, but it was a very specific niche of this, of, of the people, right? Like not everybody were warriors. Not everybody were raiders. Not everybody were conquerors. There, there was like certain points in time and there were certain peoples that, that were involved in this sort of thing, but it's not a, it's not an overarching view of, of heathenry as it were like, yes, there was a lot of warfare and there was a lot of things that, 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 that took place at a time. And there was a lot of, you know, warband cults that, that existed. But it didn't. It didn't exemplify the overall society or the overall group. No, you know and I, I would mean?
1: say it got more masculine with time. What I mean is, is you know, and this is going to piss some people off, but we do have different words in the South. Like Ragnarok is Scandinavia only. Mundspelis and Muspeli. Um, these are the continent, the the northern Germanic tribes who are neighboring the Scandinavians. So what I'm trying to say is when those tribes were conquered first in the South, what we know as Germania today, so to speak, you know, Ragnarok is certainly, and the Hall of the Fallen, it's not something that you see in continental sources. It's de- it's definitely a later, I hate to say, a, it, it evolved, I guess. No, it know.
0: did evolve. We talk about Valholt, Right. Versus folk
1: vonger. and Yeah, it's yeah, that,
0: yeah, like that's not that's have, not continental Germanic.
1: No, so we yeah. have in continental it's heaven wanga,
0: Yeah, which you would
1: say vanger. Um, so folk and heaven wanga. So folk would be the Scandinavian and um, our modern word heaven is actually a heathen word. Um, yeah, the full word is heaven wanga, which means like uh, paradise meadow. Um, I
0: would, I would actually encourage people that are not necessarily like continental Germanic heathens or, or, and, and I don't know if this is accurate, uh, Bob, but continental Germanic heathens and Saxon heathens, would you utilize, would you say that the two terms are similar or the same continental Germanic and, and Saxon? Because well, like next- you've got the Heyland, right. And, and, and for like a lot of uh, uh, Scandinavians, or Scandinavian heathens, they're they're going to look at like the uh, the, uh, um, the 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 uh, damn it the uh, words of the high one the the the, the uh, damn it. it's, well, while it's, you're it's like it, it, it's me, like yeah, the yeah. Norse proverbs, right? Like so, like oh, like people like to think they they they'd like to try to at least in 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 some ways, they like to try to uh, connect. A sacred source or or a sacred book. The the, uh... go ahead because I'm 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 blanking. Well, let me say something
1: shocking, but it's true. Everyone, when they think about it, they're going to realize what I'm saying is true. Germany is 82 million people today, but the northern part of Germany that was the old Saxon area that is 25 million people today. And that has more people than Iceland, Norway, Sweden, and Denmark combined. And that is the case back in heathen times. There were more people on the continent venerating Thor and Odin than there were in Scandinavia. Yeah. And that shocks people, but it's absolutely the truth. Now, of course... Central Europe and the Celtic areas, Gaul. They weren't worshiping Germanic gods there. They had different gods, but still, Northern Europe, which neighbors Scandinavia, had a much bigger population, and and they worshiped the same gods as the Scandinavians.
0: Yeah. So the words that I was looking for, and this is this is mind boggling to me that I actually blanked on this at the moment, was the equivalent of the Hovemol to the highland which is there's not really an equivalent to the two things the the saxon highland or the uh, and and if i'm using the terms incorrectly but like in terms of
1: like
0: the hylian is a gospel right and so i would urge people that are not continental heathens that are not continental germanic heathens saxon heathens to at least read the hylian and understand like The terminologies because there's mentions in the Hylian of Christ, you know what I mean? And and so many of these like things that that come later on after the Viking Age or during the Viking Age. Am I right? Like those, those... let me
1: put it this way there are more attestations of, um, though I'm using the Scandinavian word, but the the Nornir, which in Saxon heathenry are called shapers. There's yep. more attestations in this gospel of the shapers than there are the Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. So what I mean is, is this was a gospel written to convert the Saxons and they turned Christ into, um, half Odin, which is where Tolkien got. Christ was almost
0: like a war chieftain in the Halion.
1: Yeah. Like right? Gandalf is <laughs> yeah. Tolkien's half Christ, half Odin. Yeah. Um, it kind of you know because it was english missionaries that came up with this idea so they like
0: christ's disciples in the halion were like his you know
1: they were his things
0: yeah yeah exactly yep
1: so christ was a droton a yes. warrior chief and they were his yes. thing so he was yes. from, presented as a germanic warrior and you know by study the difference between the biblical gospels and the hellion because there's no bias in the hellion and a lot of people get pissed when i say this and it is a gospel but you take how they, they change the gospel from the biblical gospel and that gives you clues to what heathenry was
0: well you so, can you can say that that people hate on but like for for instance me and I, I don't know what roots or what background you come from bob but like i was raised christian i've read the four gospels Times and times and times again. I've read actually the entire. First of all, I've read the entire King James version of the Bible eight times back to back to front. (laughs) So when I look at the Halion and I'm like, "Hold on, what? Wait a second Looking at my background, my culture, and everything like that, and it's like this is interesting. Like there's 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 the caveats. Uh, Like just it, it blows my mind. The influence that occurred at the same, like, timeline speaking. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I want to say, though, there is, I mean, there is the hellion, but there's also law codes that people forget about. Like, when the Franks conquered, they forced laws on the Frisians, and they, they forced laws on the Saxons. So the Saxon laws was the Lex Saxonum, and there was a a, a Lex free something like that, Frisonum. Mm-hmm. And the things that they outlawed, showed exactly what heathenry was they outlawed um burning the dead in pyres yeah example. they outlawed yeah. going into the sacred groves and and venerating ancestors and ancestral gods in sacred groves so i mean it I can give more examples crazy. but
0: that is crazy to me because if you look at like judaic law and you look at how the israelites and the jews of old like would would um conduct ritual and things like that and i'm like this is it, there's a mirroring aspect to the levitical priesthood and how there was um designated people to communicate to the sacred just as the germanic people had designated um people to communicate to the sacred like i say like they're, they're, there's a there's a correlation there's a, there's a comparison um and i just go wow like.
1: Well, that's true, but there's one difference. Um, you know, in in Bible, Jehovah creates mankind in His image, whereas whether you study the Continental Germanic, where um, Twistu gives verse gives birth to Manus, who then has three sons: uh, Ermen, yeah. Este, um, and Ingve. It's the same in Scandinavia. This one god has one god has three.
0: So yeah. that would be,
1: uh, uh, you know, there's... Um, but you Odin even look at that... Brothers. It,
0: yeah, uh, Odin, Vili, and Vey.
1: Exactly. And then there's yeah. Bor and Bury. Um,
0: Which so even before
1: these, that. These names from... aren't linguistically tied between the continent and Scandinavia, but the patterns are exactly the same.
0: They are. They are exactly the same. And that's what. that's what, like... Kind of blew my mind initially, like looking at it. it's like you even look at some of the Judaic texts it's like when when God says you know in in, in the bible the, the you know Judaic it's we create man in our image there's there's a plural um term used, so who is our right who what, what are we talking about when we're talking about us our it's not just we're going to create them and my, we're going to create them and our you know that whole sort of thing and it it just opens up this whole other like if you if you're going to be narrow-minded to look at like god in the judaic god as as being a, a polytheistic being i think that there's some challenge that can be brought up to you in that perception of things because there is no one god there is there's this one individual being that exists in a plural sense there there, there's multiple aspects and that may get into some other metaphysical aspects of the worldview of of the deities and in the worldview of of the self even if if you want to look at like the soul complex and all these kinds of crazy wonderful wild things that our germanic ancestors adopted in in understanding what makes us us
1: even right. the word "soul" is a Germanic word.
0: Yeah, in yeah. Hebrew
1: it's ruach; it's a different word. But "siole" becomes "soul." Yeah, it's that's that's our ancestral word. But I I don't think I really shared. I did share that you know the the monotheistic God creates man in His image or their image, but manas is your Germanic word for mankind. So. Right. The idea that humans descend from the gods, which sounds crazy to a lot of people today, but that's why the deities at times are called ancestral deities, and you have genealogies of um, clan leaders tracing descent back to the gods directly.
0: Yeah, and the word. We see that a, that. Yeah, we see that in, like, uh, I think it's Saxo Grammaticus um, in the Dane Law um, sagas and things like that, where like Odin is a, a king. Um, and, and some well, of that sort of tacitus, stuff, right?
1: Too, or Tacitus, um, because,
0: yeah, Tacitus know, he's the even one that yeah. used
1: that, that yeah. term "manus," and he's the descendant of um, mankind. Even Arminius, we mentioned him before. His name yeah. in German would be "Hurry" for army, "Man," mm-hmm. so man, "Man" of the army. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, um, the, but that word "man" is kind of like uh, Adam. Would be your Hebrew equivalent. Adam means human or man
0: which is funny, not funny, haha, but funny as in like, and I don't even want to use the term ironic, but funny as in like interesting, because my dearest and nearest friend, a brother of mine, his name is Adam, Adam. Uh, he's my go And uh, he is, uh, <laughs> he, he's phenomenal. And it, it, this is an interesting segue when we talk about like linguistics and, and and the names of gods. One of the main points that I thought we would, like, and this is really kind of cool how it just like again segues into discussion of things. Uh, a recent uh, blog post that you did, um, Bob, on your Alt to Do um, website was the, uh, the uh, Saturday. <laughs> and by the time this podcast comes out, we're going to be like getting into the weekend. So, like, this is coming out for, for the folks listening and watching. Like, this is, you know, it, it's, it's going to be Thursday. Um, but, like, Saturday, and, and it's, it's going to be annotated in the, in the show notes and, and in the description, um, it's, uh, th- th- there, there's some linguistics connections to um, the whole satyr, Loki misinformation about Saxon heathenry. I was wondering, uh, Bob, if you could, like, what was the inspiration behind this specific blog post and, and why now? Like what was the catalyst behind talking about this specific thing? Because I've I've seen some some in, uh, some some uh, posts from people over time talking about Saturday and, and this this I don't know connection between Loki and, and and Saturday and Loki's Day and.
1: You know, I might answer that question a little too long, but there's a point. Like, let me use Judaism as as an example. They have a sacred calendar and the secular calendar of the world. Um, And what's interesting is their spiritual calendar kind of dictates to the world. The whole world does a seven-day week now, which is certainly not Germanic in origin, by the way, nor Scandinavian in origin. But there still is a difference between the 12 Roman solar months and the lunar moons of the biblical calendar. And the same thing is true with Germanic heathens. You know, um, our Germanic ancestors looked at all the signs in the sky. They didn't just look at the sun. They looked mm-hmm. at the sun and the moon. And timekeeping to me is very important because I do believe had heathenry survived until today, the timekeeping would not have changed. Even if Rome was a dominant culture in the world, then it still kind of is. Um, because Roman Catholicism is the culture that made the Christian West of Europe and America. Yeah, the
0: Gregorian calendar, the whole thing.
1: Yeah, and the Protestants, they're Catholics. are just Reformed Catholics. Right. Uh, you know, so um, the Germanic tribes had the word moon. So if I, I used in my blog, I said, in Germanic languages, you add a th, it means there's a sequence. So there's a number seven, and then you add a th, that's seventh. So seven by itself means there's seven whatever, butterflies. Um, Or seventh is a sequence of seven things. So you take the word moon and you add a TH to it, it becomes the word month. So today, because we're Romanized, we're Catholicized, we're Protestantized, um, we don't understand that a month used to be tied with the moon. And we don't pay attention to the moon the moon can tell us when an early winter is coming or a late winter or when an early or late spring is coming because the sun and the moon, you know, in a sense work together. Mm I'm not a scientifically say that, but you know, our ancestors saw these signs in the sky and, you know, our ancestral calendar for Germanic and Scandinavian heathens was technically a lunar solar calendar. So the months were cycles of the moon, but they knew how to, use the time of winter which a lot of people today would say the solstice to determine when they would add a 13th moon to their year so heathen timekeeping is one of the reasons for it because I believe that heathenry survived till today we would have a spiritual calendar and then we have the calendar that we use to go to work in school like the non-heathen world that we live in right
0: mm-hmm.
1: um I really believe that so that's one thing and I used to be very militant because I like to fight misinformation, but it is a losing battle. You'll never win. But, you know, in in my past, I was big on calendars, but also I'm big on who are the gods, you know, does Sator come from Saturn, which I, it certainly does, um, you know, sure. I read old, I, I do have a master's degree in religion. We can discuss that maybe if we do this again. Sure. Um, but it, it's not in Germanic. Um, you know, I was raised learning the history of the Saxons, um, you know, and that's what, what, you know, cause when I studied religion at the university level, that's where I lost my faith because the ground doesn't lie and biblical archeology span disproves the Bible. Um, but I use those skills that I learned there here. And a lot of people say that's a weakness. I think it's a strength and a weakness. Um, because you know, I, I was able to teach myself Old Saxon, which you know, very few people get at a university because I finished first in my class in graduate school. I was a number one Hebrew student and I studied um, overseas in Israel, and I did digs. So I do have archaeology in my background too, at the master's degree level, not PhD. So I can read archaeology reports and thank gosh, when I was doing digs as part of my master's degree, you know, the location was different, dry sand versus wet forest bog, (laughs) it's a Mm -hmm. big difference, but I at least can understand the archaeological reports, so, you know, I have these things in my background, so I'm very, I understand that the the ancient sources describe really what heathenry was, and then these later sources become quasi-blind and blurry over time, because the more centuries you get away from heathenry, the more misinformation, even there was misinformation even before the internet was invented, you know, because Christians, you know, they, they think witches and they start hanging people, having witch hunts, you know, and there's panic and fear. And that, that leads to gross exaggerations, like the Vikings took time to rape nuns. I mean, I'm sure it happened sometime, but it was far more rare than the Christian sources stayed because that fear, especially in monotheism, fear with religion, it, mm-hmm. it drives people crazy. And heathenry shouldn't have fear in it. But I also think we need to be smart. So what? why do I write? I have two things. One, I know how crazy monotheism is. So George Carlin, if he were still alive, may rest in peace, would say, I still, I've gotten some common sense, but since I still believe in a religion, maybe I don't use all my common sense. It's probably what George Carlin will say. But nonetheless, and I don't mean to attack Wicca, or Scientology, but these two faiths don't have the best appearance to the general public. And neither does also true with all the racism and the Nazism and all this sort of stuff. So I believe that if we at least have some scholasticism out there, I mean, most Christians in church, they don't read their Bibles and they're totally ignorant, okay? Um, I do find sadly most people online that claim to be heathens are that way, but the few of us who are trying to be more authentic, are, are authentic. You know, I don't want to be the Tom Cruise to Scientology. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I want to be, you know, because even if I'm wrong, and I have updated my blogs over the years, every time I do more research, find that something else is wrong, I go out in public and I admit it. I say, guys, I used to teach you this. It was incorrect. Here's my yeah. evidence. Here's why. A real leader can do that. A lot of the other true orgs can't do that because once they've taught something for so long, it would piss people off. that suddenly they changed their website and said, that's why a lot of people don't want to give up on you all being on the solstice. You know, they can't change because they've taught it one way for so long. Um, I started with the Wiccan Wheel of the Year too, when I first came into heathenry. And then I studied the sources. I'm like, holy cow, this, this Wiccan Wheel it has nothing to do with Germanic heathen timekeeping. So I'm giving a long-winded answer, but one, I I I want to show the world that we're not Tom Cruises, no offense to Tom Cruise. And we're not <laughs> a bunch of racists and and also we're not a bunch of crazies because a lot of people think that people who run to religion, like if you you know, there's this one video on YouTube that has millions of hits called Neo Pagans Are Stupid. And the reason why they get ripped on is because how they behave. And I'm not going to tell people how to behave, but for those of us that take the religion seriously, and it actually is a way of life, and we actually do do ritual, we don't say that we do, because a lot of people say they do ritual, but they don't, say they get together with other heathens, but they don't, Um, they're not us per se, not that they can't join us and become serious if they want, and not that their way of thinking is necessarily wrong, but I want to show the world and I want to reach out to those who are serious that, hey, you can study, you can learn. Um, I want to grow and I want to understand and I don't want to just follow. Let me use this one other example. I was in Israel when the whole David Koresh thing in Waco went down. Um, Oh, man. Oh, man. And the Jews were laughing at the Americans because David or David is a messianic guy. You know, the Messiah is going to descend from David. And Koresh is the only Gentile in the entire Old Testament, which is the Jewish Bible. He's the only Gentile who's called Mashiach or Messiah or Christ, because Christ is Greek, Mashiach is Hebrew. So, you know, everyone in Israel knew David Koresh. That wasn't his real name. And he was a nut job, it seemed, before the FBI did. Um, That's the power of education. You know what I mean? Like, if you know what the more historical path of our ancestors was you're going to be less likely to jump off a cliff like the branch davidians did and so many people died you know um christianity's let a lot of people off cliffs and i'm not saying i didn't jump off some in my life but i've I've learned to be cautious. No,
0: i think yeah i think i think that you know look like we've all were i i like to uh consider myself a learn uh, a student you know and here's the thing We present ourselves on various social media platforms, whether it be a blog or whether it be a YouTube channel or whether it be a Facebook page or whatever, and those who are looking to learn will quite often um, pull from these videos or from these posts and things like that and be like, hey, because so-and-so said it, it is thus. It is it. And the importance that I think we should all like from whether it be a content creator of of any sort, whether it be video content or written content, anything that we provide to the public, um, if we're wrong, if we're proven to be inaccurate in our statements that we come back and we um, redact those and because like, again, we're 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 in a position to, we've, we've put ourselves in a position, right? It's not that we've been asked to put ourselves in this position, but that we have put ourselves in this position to educate or teach. And I personally, right. am not a well-versed heathen. I've been heathen for probably like the last six years total of my life. Prior to that um, I was raised Christian and my, The the, the change uh, to my religious approach to life, the change to my spirituality, and the change to my worldview has taken time. And time, as we perceive it, is what it is. And so if we, and as we, um, you know, publish things that people want to site or people want to and 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 that's the that's the that's the interesting um caveat that that we find ourselves in right because we we like oh well well so and so said it right rob sass said it or midgard musing said it or whoever said it um they 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 look at people like us as a reliable source and so there's an obligation there's this there's a sense of obligation and i think when we look at a heathen worldview of things the sense of obligation the idea of obligation this whole thing that we have um obligation is 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 tied to 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 tribe and to tied to frith as from like the olden days like from from ancient heathen perspectives of things like for me personally like my tribe and everything like i practice heathenry in a way that is is very tribal and so i am i am you know tied through frith and and, and through obligation to my tribe and so even though that's not the same thing, at the, at the root level, there is some aspects of that on social media and on platforms like this. Because, hey, people look at us and, like, you've done your due research. Like, you know your shit. And if we don't know our shit, who's that fall on? Right? Who does that fall back on? It fall back it falls back on us. And so like we're we're obligated in a way to make those corrections. And that's another thing too, uh Bob. Like I've received public criticism. I'm sure you have as well, um, over the years and over time I got death
1: threats, man. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I don't think that they were ever really real, but you know, you teach that Yule was on a full moon after the solstice, people are gonna be ready to lynch you they don't want to look but at but why audience.
0: like but why and but why is that I get I, I guess that's a loaded question like why is that sort of thing launched and then how do 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 you respond to things like that do you like well you know what tough nuts you're wrong and I'm right or do we I, I don't know like what's your what's your approach to things like that well I've
1: seen different every religion to a point has had some differences but let me use this as example because it's the best one i can think of the protestants had a split with the catholics right it was really about the sale of indulgences prayer to mary and saints you know luther may have made 95 or 95 theses or whatever but the you know for people to hear that because you know the church kept the latin so they only kept the scriptures in Latin and they read it and not everyone knew Latin and they weren't learned it, so they couldn't read. So to have commoners hear that prayer to Mary isn't scriptural in the New Testament, that did ruffle feathers. It really did. Um, you know, um, there are there are some sects in Christianity today. They believe that Jesus was in the ground three days and three nights. So the Friday crucifixion, Sunday morning resurrection wasn't right. And they'll have militant fights online debating about this. Um, now, people say, well, you're talking monotheism. But the point that I'm trying to make is, I guess the best word might be sacred cow. You know, um, people have celebrated the solstices in neo-paganism for so long to hear that germanic heathens did it different and to prove it using the historical sources in the sagas because i mean the sagas even flat out state that it's not the solstice <laughs> they flat out state it um and there was persecution over it because december 25th was the Gregorian solstice and they were trying to get the heathens to move Yule to the solstice it's right in hock and the good yeah
0: it's the, it's the hawk and the good saga. saga yeah like it was it was that whole christianization approach to try to 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 maintain a celebration a, a heathen celebration through the the christianization of the area and in, in in norway so i'm
1: using this example though to answer your question because um you know it's people don't know the sagas they don't know the eddas they say they do like so few christians read the bible how many heathens have actually read the eddas once cover to cover plus cracked open some sagas and there's several hundred sagas.
0: There, okay. there, there's literally hundreds of, of sagas that, you know, and
1: poems and charms and yeah, Christians talking about heathens, Muslims talking about heathens. I mean, there's a lot of sources out there. So people just assume and, you know, like the, the Loki thing, um, you know, Dr. Jackson Crawford isn't my favorite person, but he teaches a lot of things that are correct and one of the things he taught in one of his videos is there's over a thousand place names for odin and uh thor
0: or and Freyr. even i mean maybe not hundreds but 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 odin thor and Freyr are some big names that we see in scandinavia and germanic and how
1: many are there for loki
0: Yeah. So, yeah, right. right. So you actually have been a big advocate for, um, what's his name, Scott? Um, Scott T. Schell. He's got a PhD in Germanic linguistics and he's an old Saxon
1: heathen. So, you know, I'd say he's even more knowledgeable than me. and, And I'll say, go to him first and foremost, even ahead of me. I know it doesn't help my blogs, but you know, but, I think but I when know it I comes to, when great. it comes to
0: knowledge and when it comes to learning about things, like when you talk about a scholar, looking at things from a academic standpoint, that's one thing. When you compound a scholarly approach to, with someone who is an actual heathen, which Jackson Crawford, all due respects to, to Dr. Crawford um, the here church as well, he the church. A, you know, like he's not a heathen, but like, Scott is, he, he, he has the PhD and he practices dramatic heathenry. So in, in my mind, it's like, Hey, if, if you want to expound and, and, and add to the, the academic aspects of things, like why not learn that? So for, for those that are listening, watching like the show notes, the description um, Scott's channel is going to be annotated and included in all that, because I follow all of his stuff and I find it um, very informational. Like, I, I love...
1: And if Slash I can Thompson. throw one more thing out, when I've gone to Germany with my sons to visit my family, I've met a Saxon heathen in Germany who's a professional heathen archaeologist. He's literally a heathen and he's an archaeologist. And I've supported him, giving him money. He's given my family tours of Saxon heathen holy sites. Like I had no idea that there was a, a Saxon well to Thor. And the Christians wow. built a well on top of it and renamed it Peter's Well. And hmm. there's even literary evidence, plus the archaeological evidence, to have a Saxon heathen who's a—he's finishing his Ph.D. now, and he's done hundreds of digs as his full-time job, um, to have that sort of tour going through museums and, and holy sites. Um let me give you his blog as well. Um, his last name, I'm not giving you his real last name because he doesn't want his real last name out. Yeah. If
0: you don't mind, just, uh, uh yeah, send Bobby, you the you got, link. yeah just, just shoot me the link and I'll, I'll make sure that it's annotated in the uh, the show notes if that's okay. Yeah, in, he's got in, a in German and English blog because you know a lot of those Europeans are bilingual or trilingual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> multilingual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting thing too, that the fact that Thor's well was was changed into Peter's well, and I've and you know on the surface, being like I said, raised in in Christianity my whole life, it's like the uh, the uh, the impact or the uh, the power that quote unquote Saint Peter, okay had um in the gospels um and the impact or the power that thor donar donar whoever you want to name him as as being the people's god the 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 the, the kind of the the go-to guy okay um is there we don't know maybe perhaps we do but is there a correlation between such a strong figure in the lore, between such a one in the Germanic approach to the to the to the church's um, influence or the church's idea of like, oh well, it's Thor, he's the people's guy. Oh, we'll just we'll just we'll just we'll just rename him as Saint Peter or something like that. I don't know.
1: Well, Christianity was destructive. Though a lot of people think that the heathenry survived in the church, but it's really the opposite. I mean. They killed witches in their witch hunts. They tried to stamp it out. Something like Thunar's well, though, the Christian fort that rose in its place, because if you saw it, you'd be like, man, I can understand why the heathens had a hill fort there and why the Franks then built a castle there. I mean, that was the only way to get water from that well. So, you know, you couldn't just get <laughs> you rid can't
0: of can't live without world. it. Yeah.
1: But you can burn down a sacred grove. And what Charlemagne <laughs> did is he built a church in the sacred grove. So it ruins nature, which was the true sanctuary. And then you put Christian graveyard there where they're not burning the dead. And I'm not saying that every heathen did inhumation. There were some that did not. Um, the Danes and the Swedes tend to burn more. The Saxons mm-hmm. did both. They ha- If they buried, it was a north-south orientation of the grave that was peculiar to just the Saxon tribe, by the way. Learned that from the archeologists and from the museums. Um, you know, there there were differences, but for the most part... Um, Christianity was trying to conquer heathenry and wipe it out. Um, it, it, kind of like Arminius didn't compromise with the Romans. He killed them. The church was in, in no mood to compromise. And when you're the winning army, why do you have to compromise? Everyone thinks, yeah. well, you've got to get the people in line. But that's not really true. You know, you can, if you tell a lie long enough, it's going to become the truth. You push it long enough, it's going to become the truth. And today we live in a very Christian world. Even though only 22% of America attends a religious service semi-weekly now. We're the, the, the most secular we've ever been in America mm-hmm. right now. But the Christian mindset is still there. We still have a seven-day week and, and a belief that there is a God that created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. We still have a Roman Catholic system of telling time. Yeah. Um, you know, our world is forever changed
0: it has been. Um, uh, but it's interesting with, um, at least, you know, I don't know how everybody else that's listening or watching or even you, Bob. Um, I, I see more heathen content, um, on my social media st- uh, platforms that are focused on, um, the old ways. And I'm talking like pre-Christian times, like the prior to the Viking age, digging up things that, uh, Existed prior to that conversion period, and I've even had engagements with you know people in my professional life in their religious beliefs that are not pagan um, that still observe their own, um, specifically Islam. You know what I mean? Like they have a very structured um, calendar and, and things of the way that they believe things, and I applaud them for that. And I applaud anyone that's listening and watching. Um, that uh, maintains and adheres to a, uh, a very structured and historical approach to their uh, religious views, because um, the more I've grown as a heathen and the more that I've developed as a heathen, I think that there's a lot of value placed in the, um, the roots of things. And I've been one to uh, sort of say that, you know, um, a tree grows from its roots and has to have strong roots and the branches that grow out from that are going to be the future for days to come, but you have to have those strong roots and you have to know what those roots are and you have to be well-rooted and well, you know, versed or well, you know, knowledge. So I don't, I don't necessarily say that, Hey, everybody should become, you know, reconstructionist (laughs) in their, in their approach or things like, Hey, it, it, to me, it's like, it's, it's, um and and i and i've mentioned eric wardweaver shervin uh of uh, the raven's call it's like it's your hall and your call you do you and that's ultimately where it lies it's your hall your call if if you don't have a strong hearth cult established then that to me is where heathen relies is in the hearth and in the home and if you don't have a strong root system built there then then where do you have the go from because you're 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 pulling from historical sources that are in in neighboring countries or foreign countries that you don't even live in. So for a lot of our North American listeners and, and viewers, right, it's you're here now. And the, the the thing and the time that worked in these Germanic countries and in these Germanic areas, whether it be the mainland Germania or in Scandinavian neighboring countries, right? there's a lot to pull from there's a lot of information there's a lot of good things to pull from from there but also establish your tribal culture establish your hearth cults here now where you are so you know if you're listening to new mexico if you're listening in washington state or if you're listening in the adirondacks or you're listening down in the ozarks or wherever the hell right
1: hey if you don't so, mind i'm going to jump on that um yeah One thing I learned in Judaism, this is going to sound like I'm attacking my own people, but trust me, I'm not, because I'm very proud that I have a Germanic heritage. But the Jews are the only nation of people that I know of. They all got exiled from their homeland after genocide was committed on them by the Roman army. They were sold throughout the Roman Empire as slaves, um, and they kept their ancestral religion um, as the tribe of judah for centuries and they survived centuries upon centuries upon centuries of persecution and they did not give up their old ancestral customs a lot of people may say well the old testament gave birth the new testament gave birth to christianity you can say that all you want but reality is is there are still jews today who are keeping their ancestral traditions and what's really sad is that when the persecution came from the christian armies You know, our ancestors did not have that same resilience, whether we like to admit it or not. Heathenry is a reconstructionist fate to a point. We're taking gods that stopped being worshipped and we're coming back to these old ways. Um, It's never a good thing to lose a culture. I mean, Rome's drive for empire, a Reich, um, it was a culture killer. And religion and culture go hand-hand hand in hand I mean the pyramids have religion in them you know it was a religious culture just as our Germanic culture was driven by its religion religion and culture you can't separate them for the most part historically Um, when our ancestors gave up their religion you know a church in Scandinavia didn't look all that different from one in Rome and the Latin mass in Scandinavia didn't sound any different from the Latin mass in Rome So, you know, it did kill our culture and we should be prideful and it's not a racist thing. I'm proud of where I came from and every person, no matter what color of skin they are, needs to be proud of where they came from or they should be.
0: So, so let me just, let me just pause for a second. When it comes to pride, when, when you, when you say like the, you know, the color of skin, like I don't feel that there's any pride in the color of one's skin. There's nothing to be prideful about as far as, first of all, there is no such thing as the white race okay and i've i, I i've been an advocate of, of of that since since day one like your cultural pride like the the things that you have first of all but like you know bob your 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 ancestral heritage and 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 the the amount of ties that you have to your germanic family that's your thing my uh familial ties to my um you know ancestral heritage extends to beyond german uh ties like i i have mediterranean ties i have all kinds of like we're mutts we're americans and we're mutts and so as, as as being as such let's just i mean i just want to go on the record as saying like there's no pride in your skin color there's no such thing as the white race um and that is that is that is a big that is a big topic of discussion i don't mean to interrupt you and in what you were trying to say bob but no, i'm glad you, you did want to because say
1: we're all against racism So you're right. Some people probably, if you didn't do what you just did, some people would have came away, even though I mentioned before that racism is bad and, you know, there's so much misinterpreting going on out there too. I mean.
0: Especially now in in, in this, in this, in this crowd, like in this, um, you know, umbrella term of of paganism, the cultural appropriation is a hot. And I mean, hot, I'm talking about like strike the iron when it's hot, like, topic of discussion you know what i mean um there's a lot of discussion going on around this sort of thing and i just want to say um on this platform like there there's no place for um sympathy towards anything that uh points to any uh belief or 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 recognition of of uh supremacy or adoration towards a quote-unquote right, white race because there is no such thing
1: well, I absolutely agree. I would say too, though, heathens understood historically that, like, they had a word "alsadu" in Saxony for the old ways of the people. But then there were "landwissa," which meant customs of other lands. Um, I think our heathen ancestors—they never tried to force their ways on others. They understood that their customs were their customs, and they understood that other cultures were beautiful too. Uh, the world is a better place multicultural. Yeah. And, you know, when there is a monotheistic religion that comes in and forces everybody into it, the the cultures start to to not be as distinct because everyone's becoming Christian. And the world is a great place when it is multicultural. And, you know, when I go to Egypt, I want to feel like I'm in Egypt. When I go to Germany, I want to feel like I'm in Germany. Um mm. You know, I see plenty of McDonald's and even KFC, for goodness sakes, in Germany. And, <laughs> you know,
0: they have they have so like their menus, their menu items are, are like regionally and culturally based. Like you can't get certain things in a McDonald's in the U.S. Uh, that you can only get in other countries. And so they adopt their 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 cultural. Um, uh, like the, the 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 cultural diversity Right, when it comes to foods and that and that sort of thing, like it's 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 all there. Um yeah, it's hard and I know I know Bob like you've you you you've come under attack, and, and I just want to just like put it out there. Like you've come under attack at, at some point in time as as being someone that doesn't, you know, make any sort of claims against uh you know, whether it be declaration 127 or any of these sort of things. And I just gotta say, you know. These, these, these various declarations are like racism is a bad thing that exists in the world, and we see it so much uh, in heathenry, in, in various, um, especially Germanic heathenry, because we, we have this infiltration of um, white supremacy and, and white nationalism and all these kinds of nasty things that, that just have no place in the, the true authentic um, beliefs of, of, of what heathenry is. Um, so for, for, for anybody listening or watching right now, and I, and I hate to just like, put it out here, you know, man, like we're on, we're on the air and we're, and, and we're saying these things. It's, it's, you know, there, there's no place for racism and heathenry.
1: You know, and that's one of the reasons why do tries to distance itself from the name Asatru. And, and it's kind of unfair because not everyone in Asatru is racist. That's, that's what they're trying to say with declaration 127. Um, Why don't I sign Declaration 127 when I think it's right? Um, I've been asked that. And my answer is, is there are people who have signed the declaration who have given me death threats. You know, there are people who have signed that declaration who have put me on a list of racists, true racists, actual racists, and have, in a sense, made my family unsafe due to that. And also, you know, I don't want to say we're superior to us, Drew, because I do think that there are, just as there's like an orthodox Christianity and a more reformed and a a more liberal, um, we're going to have distinctions within heathenry, and I think most Reconstructionists who really take it intellectually most of them understand that historically heathenry wasn't racist and racism seems to not, I'm not saying it can't affect a recon because hate can go anywhere, but but I do really um, think that that's one reason why we have to separate because if I were to Google the word Asatru right now, you're going to see many websites coming up talking about the uni debate mm-hmm.
0: and
1: it's like we all we almost need a reboot you know
0: um, a hard reboot a hard reboot and i think that with things that um some of us are out here doing um to to try and educate the public um in a holistic way right um because i'm inclusive i'm all inclusive it doesn't matter to me what your skin color is what your genealogy is what your what your ancestry is um what you're inclined to want to believe right and what you're inclined to want to follow in your religious approach is largely and it's not even largely it's it's 100 due to whatever the hell you feel okay because let's face it i've got enough mediterranean ancestry tied to me that if i wanted to try and you know blame the fact that I'm a uh you know Germanic heathen or whatever. Well, I'm focused on my ancestry. Well, I could be also equally as focused on my Mediterranean ancestry. And I could be following the Roman pagan gods if I so choose. But I am inclined to follow a Germanic approach to things and it has has, you know, very little, if anything, to do with my ancestry. And it, it it's not about a superiority complex. It's not about uh cultural pro- appropriation. It's about understanding and and knowing the the and respecting the regional cultures of these lands and of these regions and 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 I think per, uh preserving the integrity of that culture without appropriating that culture does that make sense
1: absolutely and you know I think uh, I know that we're, we might be running low on time but I got a little bit more time um sure you know, um,
0: we went into the weeds a bit, and I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> no, it, this is all good, um, and it's good that we cleared things up. Um, so you you definitely have the wisdom. With you know, as a writer, I've done less YouTube's than I have blogs. You definitely are more experienced at the the YouTube blog and podcast than me. But um, you know, there. The reconstructionist model that Sadu uses is we reconstruct the, the timing of the holy days, the meaning of the holy days and rituals. Um, obviously, Germanic peoples had slaves and had heathenry survived till today, that would, the Scandinavian people rejected slavery before many other nations did. Um, so, you know, we don't do human sacrifice. And I, I know what the historical sources say on human sacrifice. Um, it's not as bad, so to speak. Not that human sacrifice is ever good, but you know we can do a podcast on that sometime. I have several sure. lines up on it. Um, you know, um, you know, I, I have a lot to say on it. But you know, the old ways approach is keeping the customs of the holy days and and how to do the those holy days what is Yule a celebration of what is winter nights a celebration of? what's Sigurblad a celebration of mm. and how were the bloats and symbols done at that period of time mm. um and then we apply that to today we do not you know i've been accused of being a recon so therefore i must do human sacrifice i mean obviously if i did a human sacrifice odds are high i'd be in jail
0: um, <laughs> come on come on like that that, this is one of the things like i don't know if we talked about it offline or before but it's like this is not one of the things that fits into the modern day construction like look guys we are modern heathens practicing the old ways in modern times we're talking about learning about things that existed 1500 or more years ago it was a way different. I mean, look at the fact that the, the society in North America at the time was different a hundred years ago versus fifteen hundred years ago, when when North America wasn't even a you know a, a come stain on the sheet, as it were. Okay, so let's 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 table that sort of thing for the next uh, podcast discussion. But you know, for everybody that's 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 joined in and listened and watched, you know, this has been a long. I think beneficial um you know open discussion about things and i appreciate you bob for uh taking the time out of your evening for you know making your uh your voice known and everything like that so um everybody that's you know listening watching there's going to be information in the show notes there's going to be information in the description because this is going to be premiered on youtube um well it's premiered on youtube right now because you're listening and watching so check out the description for all my channel members, you know what to do, um, (laughs) head, head down into the description, check it out for all the podcast listeners, check the show notes, um, a big thank you and applause to, uh, Bob Sass sauce, uh, for, uh, for taking the time out of your busy schedule for, uh, coming out here. And, uh, if you don't mind, sir, just, uh, stick with me before we end the podcast so we can tie things off. Um, but, yeah, for everybody that's uh, participated in today's premiere and is listening, um, you are all appreciated. And uh, we, we we thank you for your constant support. So be sure to, you know, do the whole thing with uh, subscribing, following, sharing, commenting, the whole bit. You know, the social media song and dance, as it were. So big thanks hey, to my thanks guest.
1: Me. Thank you for having me,
0: by the way. Yeah loved and it we had a great time so thank you robert sass sauce uh for attending today's random heathen ramblings podcast stick around for more to come hopefully uh from my honored guest hail and thank you all and we'll see you in the next podcast hey everybody do you guys enjoy what i do here on the podcast and do you enjoy listening and watching to what I do on YouTube as well maybe you're trying to think of a way to help support these projects and, and the content that I release well I'm going to give you one idea to think about and that is patreon I'm not sure if you realize it but Midgard musings is available to become a patron uh, to on patreon so go to patreon.com slash midgard musings and you can help support. What I do here on the podcast and across my other social media platforms for just as little as a dollar a month, if you so choose, right? So if everybody who's listening and watching what I do pledged just $1 a month, that would help tremendously. There are other tier levels of support that you can choose on Patreon. So head over to patreon.com slash Midgard Musings and see what fits you over there. As always, thank you so much for your support. Let's get back to the podcast. Everybody all over the world, if you are looking to get your voice heard on the Midgard Musings podcast, you have the option to call in, leave a voicemail, and be featured on the podcast. So all you have to do is to whatever country that you're in. You need to dial one to reach the United States. Area code 615-671-9832 is the hotline number. Just call in, leave your voicemail there, and I will review it. And I would love to feature your message here on a future Midgard Musings podcast episode. Really excited to feature this opportunity on this platform So again, that number is 615-671-9832. It is a local United States domestic number. So if you are outside of the country and you need to reach the U.S., dial 1 uh, for the U.S., 615-671-9832. Go ahead and call into the podcast. Leave your message there. I am looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you so very much for supporting what I do here on the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast on Midgard Musings.